all of our church, man. We're doing all right, guys. I know that, uh, I think I know everybody, but some of you may not know the forts who have come in for a time today. Like, you guys moved to Texas, how long has it been, a year ago now? Almost a year ago now, man, and you guys are visiting to say, we're actually, you've asked me to dedicate your, your child, uh, your, your newborn uh, baby this morning, uh, Natalia, yeah, I want to say Natalia, well, Natasha, Natalia. And so we're going to do that at the second service right before, uh, just make it as part of the message. So um, in the first, because man, I tell you what, like it's, uh, this is this is a really cool um, series that we're finishing up and actually going to be finishing up next week calling Being the Gift. You're talking about being a gift. You guys are have been a gift, uh, you know, really to to so many um, just because of, you know, I, I don't know if you know um, Brian and Shaylee Fort, but they have just been a steady rock of of loving one, loving God and loving one another the way you guys have and just following him because we were like no nah, we we talked to Jesus y'all didn't need to move and but you 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 called I mean you were called to Texas you're doing very well in Texas and things like that um, and so we just was glad to have you have you guys but you know you're a gift uh, in so many ways to us and so in so many ways to, to other people you're such an encouragement and so especially young couples a lot of times you don't they don't they don't get it right these guys just get it. And so it's it's kind of kind of cool. But if you guys don't have a have a tag, uh, this is a gift tag, not a name tag. Um, and so when you put this on, you can actually and without joking say, "Yes, I'm God's gift," right? So is that right? I, I, I say that to Judy. You know, I'm God's gift, right? I mean, it's, you know, this is it's the way we roll, right? And so you put one on. Uh, anybody need a? I see a couple people no no gift tags on because we're all God's gift. We are called to be the gift of God. So if anybody wants to grab uh, grab one. You can even take one as you leave or anything like that, but but we are called to be God's gift. We're called to be the light of the world, right? We're called to do things God's way, and so um, if you don't know much about me, man, one of the things we do as a staff, one of the things we do as a team, um, like for, for every campus that we have, we do a lot of leadership type of uh, training and studies, and you know, we got John Maxwell, we got Andy Stanley, we got uh, Craig Rochelle, we got all these kind of guys that we we talk to, talk about as far as leadership uh, goes, and they interview people all the time about leadership. And one of the common things that I'm figuring out is that there is no better leadership system or strategy than what is found in Scripture. Amen. And here, here's what I want you guys to start like write some of these things down today because what I, what God laid on me this week I was just surprised by and profounded like like I was like wow God that's definitely not me that's something that that came from came from you because the here's here's one thing he laid on me this week the best leaders are the best followers the best leaders are the best followers they ain't no sexy like best-selling book on how to be a good follower right i mean amen it's it's kind of wild like that but it but it goes hand in hand biblically with how we're supposed to like if we really want to be a gift from God, we've got to learn to follow and learn to lead God's way. Now, there's a whole bunch of things that God, like, like God laid on me this week, man, as far as how we are supposed to do this whole leading in a church. If we're called to ministry, we're going to lead other people. I mean, God's called us to do these kinds of things. But here's what God did, and here's the tone he set. If you read John 1, here's something that he said that, that blows my mind to this day, that he 
was like that the in the beginning was the word the word was god the word was with god right that word became flesh and he came and made his dwelling among us right but he came full of two things you guys remember what they are grace and truth right so you got this this whole this this balance of jesus being grace and jesus being being truth and what we tend to do is fall on one side or the other so we want to show all kinds of grace and sometimes we need to be a little bit more truthful with people and in, in, in leading them amen and we need to be able to accept truth in our lives and not expect grace from those well, i mean not just expect all grace does that make sense like it's like yeah i know i messed up yeah i know i messed up we what we want is for people to come by and say it's okay right but what we need is somebody go hey look God's got something better for you. Let me help you through some of this. Amen? So, but some of us are, are kind, of, kind of inclined toward the, the truth side where it's all like, no, here's what the Bible says. I don't care what you do. Like like we mess up, right? Then we're going to throw scripture at them. Sometimes we need to put our arm around people and say, hey, I got you. I'm with you. Amen, right? And so this is what Jesus did. He came full of grace and he came full of truth. There's this great balance in that. When you follow someone or when you lead someone, both of those need to take place in your life. Why? Because Christ is in us and we're in him and he's full of grace and truth. We've got to be full of grace and truth. This great balance, right? And you look at the way he did all those things. He was very truthful with those who need to, that were very religious and had studied all kinds of scriptures. He was very truthful. Like he, he brought truth to their lives. The ones who were really messed up, like the woman caught in adultery, the woman at the well, all this kind of, all those kind of very sinful folks that had done all kinds of things. He was very graceful with them. He said, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. There's this great balance that he showed of grace and, and truth. And so kind of keep that in mind is when we're talking about this because we've been talking through this series about about john 14 13 14 15 and 16 kind of a, a really cool blueprint of how we're supposed to walk with the lord in john 15 8 he says my god my god my father is glorified by this that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples and so if we are disciples we are followers of a teacher, a leader, or a philosopher. And in this case, we are followers of Jesus, the great teacher, right? We're disciples of Jesus ultimately. But as a disciple, what a disciple does is not just someone who follows, but someone who is obedient to the instructions of the master. And listen to what he said in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where, they, where Jesus had had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. And this wasn't like, man, I don't know if this guy is real. Jesus had already been resurrected. They had, been, had their minds blown, right? But he's saying that they doubted because there's this fear and this anxiety and this, oh man, I've got to, I've got to follow this guy and nobody in the world wants to, like Now I've got to make, like, I'm not going to be able to hold a job my testimony's not going to be allowed in court because I'm following this guy. People are going to come after me because I'm following this guy. No wonder they doubted. Of course they did, right? But listen to what Jesus said. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority 
has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Meaning that if we are following Jesus, right, we've got to be good followers. He's telling us you've got to lead people into discipleship. Guys, all all eyes up here, for real. This is important for us. Like, listen to this. If we are going to be following well, then as a result of following Jesus well, we're going to have to lead people into, into discipleship, teaching people to be obedient. You know why that's so hard to do that? Because it don't come natural to nobody. Amen? Like, think about it. Natural self, natural, uh, it's about me. Natural, it's about my needs. Natural, it's about what I want. What's unnatural is for me to be challenged into thinking that it's about others and God. But that's what God said. God said that the greatest commandments are to love him and love, love your neighbor as yourself, right? And this whole selfish, like, self-love and things like that, this is what the world pushes. I get it. Look out for number one. I get it. Look out for, like, like pay yourself first. I get it. I know what the experts say, but I'm telling you what the creator of heaven and earth and everything we see says. He says, look out for me and look out for others first. Wow. That's why it's so hard, because it goes against everything you've been taught, everything that comes naturally, not the same time guys don't be afraid to grieve and mourn and those kinds of things that are happening in your life because if you're looking out for me and i'm looking out for you if you got hundreds of people looking out for you it's a lot easier than you looking out for yourself amen this is how this works second timothy is one of like when i read that this week i was blown away by the step-by-step leadership Like it's outlined in one chapter how we're supposed to lead. Paul writes to a young pastor named Timothy. He's trying to teach him things and teach him how to lead in this this whole idea. Because, you know, they had this whole thing about leadership back then too. It's like, what did Jesus say? Well, you're not supposed to lord things over people. You're not supposed to like like be this dictatorial type of a type of a leader. And Tim, like Timothy's probably having all kinds of questions. Well, you know, these guys in in leadership uh, classes that I took in in seminary or whatever are are saying I got to lead in certain way. I have these strategies, and here's Paul writing to him. Hey, let me tell you about the about how God leads. Listen to what he says. There's so much in here, guys, and I want you to take notes as I say things, but listen to some, like every word in here is important. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 1. You therefore my, this is not Paul's biological offspring. This is his spiritual son. There is a father-son relationship in leading other people and following other people. It's okay to have spiritual fathers it's okay to have spiritual mothers and it's and it's commanded to have spiritual sons and daughters right and it doesn't matter what the age of someone is helen ballard i'm not going to ask you how old you are but you're older than me that's just that's a little bit right you were here for 36 years at this building praying that god would do some things in this building right i put put mama helen I call her Mama Helen, but I put her through. We went through discipleship together. You learned how to 
disciple other people, right? Many times I would introduce Helen as my daughter. And people would look at me like I'm crazy, right? This is my daughter. Sweetheart, you're not going to get punished. I'm not gonna... <laughs> she will take me over, over my knee I, I, in real life, right? But spiritually speaking, I brought her through discipleship as a spiritual dad, and she was a spiritual daughter. That sounds weird because she's like, hey, she could ground you still, and you probably could, right? So people looked at me like, I'm, this is my daughter, like, what? I mean, I mean, I mean. But this is, what, this is what's going on here, right? This is spiritual talk here. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses... Commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So, so look at this graphic here. I've, set, I've shown this if you've ever taken any kind of discipleship or anything like that. Paul, right, has a Timothy who he's commanded to teach also to faithful people that they can teach to other faithful people, right? There's this process. It's, so, so many times we tend to say, okay, I'm going to study the scriptures and then I'm going to go home. That don't work, does it? That's not what Paul's saying here. I'm going to take what the pastor says, and then I'm going to leave and get on with my life, right? No, he's commanded us to pour into other people's, but he's also saying, and there's this pattern here, that we're supposed to be poured into by others, and it's got to be okay. And it's got to be something that we accept and, and embrace and want and desire for others to pour into us, right? And to speak truth into our lives. As soon as we start, oh, that's none of your business. Oh, that's not, man, get away from me. Oh, no, no. You don't, like, get out of my, like, all that kind of stuff. Guys, I'm telling you, that breaks that cycle of what we're supposed to do because we're not allowing other people to pour into us and speak truth and grace into our lives. We're not going to be able to do the same thing with other people. We're going to run out of energy, run out of material, right? Because we want somebody that's hearing from God to pour into us as we are hearing from God too. There's a whole lot of things there, a lot of biblical things. But this pattern of Paul, like you want a Paul in your life and you want Timothys in your life or a Paulina and a Timothia. I don't know. Listen to this. It continues on in this scripture, in this chapter. 2 Timothy 2, 3 through, 20, through 26. Share he continues, in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. Think about what he's saying. Because you're not going to be entangled by the things that are going on in the world. You're not going to be entangled by the grumbling and the concerns and the gossip and all the sins and the, like all those. You don't get entangled in that stuff. You are focused as a soldier. Wow. He seeks to please the recruiter. Whew. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Ah, uh, listen. Keep your attention on Jesus Christ as risen from the dead and descended from David, this is according to my gospel. I suffered for it. This is Paul who suffered greatly for, for doing the things that he did. There is What amazes me is that these guys that wrote down in the scriptures had no benefit from the world for writing what they wrote and doing what they did. 
They got hunted, they got killed, they got imprisoned, all this kind of, for what? For a new teacher? No, because they saw a risen Jesus, right? And they doubted at the time, but he says, go and make more disciples. And they're like, okay, we got this. And every one of those guys that he talked to, man, were martyred, were killed, except for John, who didn't get off very easy, but he's the only one that we know of that, that, that history says that died of, of, hit, of uh, natural causes, but... And he got exiled and all kinds of stuff too, man. It's just, there's no benefit other than Christ's truth, other than Christ is, is real, other than he's risen. That's incredible. I suffer for it for to the point of being bound like a criminal, but God's message is not bound. This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. There's a focus here, a, a, a reason we do what we do. This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot decide, de, de, deny himself. Remind them of these things. He's talking about, remember? He's telling them how to be a leader here. Remind them of these things, charging them before God not to fight about words. Words don't mean jack, right? How many times do you hear this kind of stuff? Well, I think this is what this means. I think this is what this means. Like, we're not supposed to be fighting about that stuff. I mean, it's, it's awesome. This is in no way profitable and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who doesn't need to be ashamed correctly teaching the word of truth remember what he said embrace the grace correctly teach the word of truth this this is a a killer balance of what it means to lead others and to to follow others but avoid irreverent empty speech for this will produce an even greater measure of godlessness and their word will spread like gangrene wow it's disgusting and he calls people out like like, a lot of people are like, I don't want to say who, but, but look at what he does. I, mean, I don't even know how to pronounce these guys' names. Oh, somebody help me out. Hymenaeus? Sure. And Philetus, that work, are among them. They have deviated from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and are overturning the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm in this inscription. The Lord knows who are, those who are his. And everyone who's names the, who names the name of the Lord must turn away from unrighteousness. Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver bowls, but also those of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. So if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Flee from youthful passions. And produce right and produce right and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, but reject foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they breed quarrels. Wow, the Lord's slave must not quarrel, instructing his opponents with. Is it up there? Gentleness, yeah, man instructing his opponents with gentleness perhaps god will grant them repentance leading them to the knowledge of the 
truth. You see this balance here, man. Amazing. Then they come to their senses and escape the, 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 then then they may come to their senses and escape the devil's trap, having been captured by him to do his will. And everybody said, man, here's the thing, guys. This is powerful. I want you to go back and reread this. If you're saying, hey, you know what, I, I, I feel I, I'm going to obey Jesus in this and actually pour into other people. Here's the thing. You want people pouring into you too. Those who pour into you, ask yourself if they meet the criteria that is outlined in leading in 2 Timothy 2.2. You do not have to like let somebody pour into you if they are quarrelsome a gossip if they're immature those kinds of things simply because they've been in church a long you know a lot longer does that make sense like you don't have to do that you you have the opportunity to find someone to pour into you and you get to ask them if you would if they would let them do that here's what i want you to do if you know someone that you will that you really want to be able to pour into you here's what i don't want you to do hey could could you meet with me sometime that sounds weird doesn't it well how am i going to get together with somebody Here's what you do. Find out where they are and go there. If they like coffee at Starbucks, go to Starbucks, buy them coffee. Right? Hey, when are you going to be there? I'll, I'll be there. Coffee's on me. i got to pick your brain. Does that make sense? Like, don't make an extra time for somebody. But t- you take the time and take the initiative to have somebody pour into you. When you have followers, when you have people that, are, that you're leading, guys, Lead them with truth. Lead them with grace. Lead them with that, that focus and that vision of Christ resurrected because it is going to get hard. Amen? You're talking about being a gift to people? Being a gift of, from God to other people? The worst thing that we could be is a, is a hindrance to people in their walk. Sometimes we, we are so afraid to say the things that need to be said to one another because we don't want to hurt feelings or we don't want to do these kinds of things. Guys, that's not what we're ever called to be. But we're also at the same time not called to be critical, angry, finger-pointing people. There's this balance there, right? And if, if you know I love you and I know you love me, guess what happens? We speak into each other's lives and we grow together and iron sharpens iron all the time. So everything we do, we talked last week about glorifying God and giving people a, an open door to the kingdom. Well, the kingdom grows when people speak truth in the lives of people in order to restore someone closer to the Lord. That's how it works. And so, yes, man, when we need, we need to understand, we need to be letting someone pour into us. We need a Paul in our lives or a, a, a Paulina. But we must be willing to pour into others, others too. We can't just say, it's none of my business. It is your business. This is why we are here. Amen? Is this helpful today? Finally, for some of us, guys, and I want you to, like, I don't even know where to start. Ed already talked about it. Join a Believe group. Sign up on your, on your Connect card for that. Like, fill out another Connect card if you already filled it out. Everybody fill one out, right? Like, seriously, let somebody know you want to start one because you have no idea how this is going to start. Learn how to do this. Start there, amen? Guys, I'm going to pray for us. Helpful today? Cool? Good stuff? Let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. Ooh, preacher, it didn't go too long today. Look at that. Well, Father, we love you, and we are amazed by you, and we thank you 
for what you have done and what you're going to do and what you're, I mean, here's the thing. It does not come naturally for us to submit, to follow, to be, I don't know, any of that stuff, to think of others before ourselves. That's not natural. But you, God, are supernatural. You are above the nature that is, is, is in us, Lord. And we thank you for that. I think you know, we don't have to be bound by anything. that we're, we, we're not bound by emotions, bound by feelings, bound by any of that stuff. We, we get to have this great balance of your truth and the great balance of grace that you give. And so, Lord, may we not take that for granted or take advantage of that in any way. And may we lead your way and may we follow your way in absolutely everything that we do. And Father, we thank you for in advance for what you're going to do with all this great leadership and followership in the room. It's in your son's name we pray. Everybody said amen. Have a great, great week. Love you.